Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined once again by our very own Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good evening. Have you had a good week so far? Um, it's not been too bad, actually. It's been a good week, but not tonight. We're a goal short on two lines in England on the total goals market. So I think I am vetted my frustrations uh, pre-podcast to you both, to both of you guys on, yes. on, on the pod this week. So Unrepeatable, um, I think, is the word no, we use for those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you alluded to the fact that we are joined tonight by a special guest, and we're very pleased to welcome back to the podcast the founder of PineBobble.com, who is a long-suffering St Mirren fan, but an all-round good guy, David McDonald. Welcome to the podcast again, David. Good evening, and thanks very much for having me. The world's worst gambler on. <laughs> You said that last time, but I think you did okay when you were on the uh, podcast. I think, I, got, I think I got one out of three the last time, but I was really, really unlucky. Story of my life. But I did but I did win tonight, unlike Greg. I did win Dortmund's 90-second minute second goal landed a treble for me tonight. So I'm quite happy tonight, actually. Excellent. So basically what we're seeing is you're the in-forum tipster. <laughs> in-forum, red, red hot. And I must admit, um, David and I spoke today and he sent me through his tips. And I must admit, I like I like to look at all three of them. They look good for this weekend. Yeah, I've, I've got got them in front of me here, so we'll have a good chat about those. But before we do, David, do you want to tell us what's happening with St Mirren and uh, Scottish football in general at the moment? Yeah, it's been a pretty it's been a pretty crazy season for some months so far. I must say, we seem to have been affected by COVID more than any other team. We've had. You know, false positives. We've had positives. We're ruling out all our goalies. We've then had two weeks of three or four positives both times, and now the whole squad's isolating. So we've not played obviously the last two games, and I think there's a general fear that we're about to be hammered um, by the by the SPFL for for whatever reasons. I've been behind those outbreaks. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not convinced the club's been doing anything particularly wrong. It, it would sound absolute madness if they have, but there was obviously a story in the paper on Sunday that um, that we have um, apparently been doing some fairly silly things. So, um, and if we have, we'll be absolutely rightly hammered. Um, has, has there been any? Can I talk about what sanctions are available for the SFA and what you're likely to face? It's. You know, it's the SPFL and they, they tightened the rules up after the Aberdeen and Celtic uh, cases um, and basically what happens now is it gets referred, if, if the SPFL investigation finds that there's been some sort of wrongdoing in their opinion, then it gets referred to a, basically a committee who basically sit and rule over what's happened and then it's uh, as far as I can make out they've got almost unlimited um, punishments. Now, obviously, from a St. fan's point of view, you would look at Aberdeen and Celtic both got fined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would like to think that, that that would be the logical conclusion as to what would happen to ourselves and indeed come on it if they also found guilty. But I don't I do think they could bring in a, a, a point sanction now, given they've let other clubs away with a point sanction. Yeah. So it'd be really it difficult, be I think, to bring that of, in. It might be a case of kind of you get one strike and then, but that, that's my fear is that we've lost two games. So um, 
and and to be honest, if we had if we forfeited, for example, if we forfeited that Hamilton game, that could be catastrophic for us because at the moment that looks like the only team we've got a realistic chance of catching uh, the way that we're playing. Celtic. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's. But you know what? It's just been one of those seasons for someone that just seems to have been. We had a really bright start, and then ever since Joe Jonas, he got red carded against Ross County, I think in match day three, four. It's been awful. It's just been awful. We've lost every game. We've had players missing, players getting red carded. It's just been. It's been terrible, and we haven't scored many goals either. So it's just been all in all. Do you well, think we should probably blame? Tony Fitzpatrick then for staying that, that this could Tony be a top today. six. Is he jinxed it? Tony is, Tony is the best guy. He's a lovely, <laughs> lovely guy. A brilliant outlook in life. He's just Mr. Positive about yes. everything, yep. not just about football. So, yep. um, yeah, he gets a bad press and all that, but some of fans generally do. We love him and you can't really help but like him if you ever if you ever had a chat with him, you you would like him. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. I guess I guess the one positive, if you'll pardon the pun, is that by the time you play your next game on the sixth of November you'll be a month unbeaten, David. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say the one positive would be that you're the first club to have herd immunity, but um, yes, be, uh, we will be a month unbeaten, that's right, yeah. Uh, so we played Dundee United at home on Friday night, um, hopefully, well all the players should be back midweek, um, and then hopefully we can kick on do what Motherwell did, obviously they had a few weeks out and they came roaring back on Saturday. They did indeed. Um, so there's no St Martin game this weekend, in part due to uh, the fact that we're due to play Celtic, who are playing Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final, um, which we'll cover shortly in the podcast alongside the Hearts and Hibs match, which looks a cracker on Saturday in the Scottish Cup. But before we start having a look at some of the games, Greg, can you just give us a wee recap on what was a fairly successful podcast last week for us? Yeah, I think we both did really well last weekend in terms of the nap. For last weekend, we had Cove Rangers to score two goals at a kind of struggling Peterhead. And our podcast friend, Mitch Meganson, yep. got on the score sheet yet again. Um, I think he'll probably score probably well into double figures again this season. And we had uh, Ross McCrory to get booked for Aberdeen against Celtic on Sunday. And that landed at 2-1. to one. I think we also mentioned Lewis Ferguson on the channel. Um, we highlighted Motherwell to beat Ross County. And they did that with a resounding 4-0 win. St Johnson United was a no-bet. And that was a dull, drab 0-0. So that was the right move. And I think we also said Hibs v Kelly was really close to call. I think Hibs just nicked that, as they've often done this season, um, 1-0. I think you had a cracking one with Elgin um, to win and score two. Yeah, I was pleased with that. That was just really a, a value bet. And I must admit, that it was actually following uh, David's Twitter feed that actually flagged that one up for me. I think you mentioned it really early, David, on Saturday or Sunday. That's right, maybe. Um, and yeah, Bet365 had priced it up early and I just jumped on it at the price that they were on. So really pleased to see that one win and uh, really... Uh, disappointed to see Falkirk not win having been one up in a comfortable position and then the goalkeeper just doing the most ridiculous slap in the back of the striker's head getting a red card giving away a penalty and the game finished one each thank you very much <laughs> I think Falkirk um, drawing was probably a bookie saviour at the weekend so I think pretty much every other side you'd expect to win one over the weekend yeah. so Falkirk would have been in a lot of accumulators and probably would have saved the bookies uh, a hefty wedge on, on Saturday. Dundee won. 
um, stuffy 1-0 at home to Morton. So I think last weekend, although it's only match day two, already the sides you're expecting to win games um, are, are starting to do so. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get more of the same this weekend in terms of positive results for us in a betting sense. Um, and we're going to kick off with, will we kick off with the Scottish Cup games this weekend? Have a quick look at those. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Uh, so first up, it's Hearts v Hibs and the Dukies can't separate these two games at five o'clock on Saturday evening. And I would suggest that only an idiot would try and predict the winner on this one. So Greg, who's going to win? <laughs> um... <laughs> I think you have to go probably with Hibs. They've, in my opinion, got a winning mentality. They're now, what, 12 games into their season. I think Hearts have started the season in the Championship OK. Obviously, the Hammer Dundee 6-2. That doesn't count, though. Anybody could beat Dundee 6-2. Um, <laughs> then gone to Gayfield and drawn 0-0. Oh, they beat Arbroath 1-0, sorry. I just think Hibs, personnel-wise... They're in cracking form. They're not playing great, Hibs, at the moment. I don't think. I think they're grinding out results. They are very un-Hibs-like and they're super tight at the back. They're not giving many goals away. Now, I think at the start of the week, Hibs were actually underdogs at the start of the week for this match. Yep. Um, for some reason, the Hearts were favourites. I think that's now changed. I think Hibs have got, now come into favouritism at 8-5, to five, possibly. Yep. Only just. Hearts are 17-10, to 10, so... I'd expect Hibs to be further back to come the weekend. Um, but it's a one-off match. It's at Hamden. It's behind closed doors. It's really difficult to call. And I absolutely will not be putting any money on selecting a side to win this match. David, is this one of those Edinburgh derbies where forum goes out the windy, as they say? It's interesting. I actually ran a poll today on the, the semi-finals, and 78% of uh, people that voted, and that was over 4,000 votes, all thought Hibs would win, um, which I was quite surprised by. Um, mm. Either that, or maybe a lot of Hearts fans don't like me, to be fair. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I find it, I find it a hard, a hard one to call a cup semi-final with no fans there and things like that. I always think a five o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night should really blood and guts, loads yeah. of goals, loads of incidents, but the closed doors games, apart from Sunday past there, they've really not really been like that, they've, they've been pretty poor, to be fair even the, the games that you thought would be brilliant to watch have been pretty dire um, so it's a hard one to call I, I, I'd like, I think Hibs should shade it but I wouldn't certainly be gambling on it, that's for sure other than maybe a couple of players to get put here and there no, I think we're all agreed that it's a no bet um, and it's just one to hopefully enjoy as you say it, it feels like it should be a cracking game, Hearts definitely get something to prove with them now being in the Championship, Hibs doing really well in the Premier League, albeit as you say Greg, maybe no firing all cylinders at the moment I, I, so I don't mean that really to because they're sitting, what, four third, they've got a great points total so far um, miles ahead now of I think fifth place Kilmarnock yeah, so for their season so far it's been terrific but they have nicked quite a few 1-0 wins which is great for them winning games and not playing well is what you want so it might be interesting to see what Hibs are like when they do start playing well yeah should be interesting then on Sunday we've got Celtic v Aberdeen which is a repeat of the game on Sunday which finished 3-3 which first half wasn't really up to much but the second half was really entertaining from a neutral point of view Celtic aiming to make it a remarkable quadruple treble 
um, despite some apparent clouds hanging over the club at the moment based on their forum. Um, and I just wonder if Hamden will, will bring out the best in Neil Lennon's side as it has done in the past three or four years. Well, it usually does, doesn't it? I think I was going to have a look pre-podcast to find out how many times now has Derek McInnes' side faced Celtic in cup competitions? They must be absolutely sick of the sight of them because I don't think they've won many games against them in the cup, if any. No, I seem to remember them winning 1-0 at Celtic Park maybe, well, it must be at least three years ago, four years ago now. They might even be the last team to beat Celtic in the, the Scottish Cup. Um, but yeah, they certainly faced each other a few times in the cup with Celtic coming out on top, not just against Aberdeen, against everybody recently. Yeah, I think Celtic, obviously, it's at Hamden. They've got a terrific record there. It's been a pretty disappointing week for them. Um, obviously, losing to Rangers, they were quite easily disposed of by AC Milan in the end. And they, um, they drew Aberdeen at the weekend there. So, not a great week for Celtic at all. They obviously play in the Europa League on Thursday night. They're yeah. away to... Is it Leo they're away to? Leo, yeah. So, never easy off the back of a European game to then get yourself ready for a cup semi-final. Um, I get, Celtic are actually 4-9 to win the match, which I don't think is actually that bad a price. Aberdeen are playing well. For some reason, Aberdeen are starting to score goals this season. And I think at the start of the season as well, probably David and Wheeler spoke as well, we're trying to work out who's going to score the goals for Aberdeen now that Costco was injured. But I think yeah, Lewis Ferguson has certainly stepped up to the mantle, hasn't he? He's on eight goals for the season already from midfield, albeit quite a few penalties. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought Aberdeen played pretty well on um, on Sunday and caused Celtic a lot of problems, especially second half. And, and now Cosgrove is fit again. They've they've got plenty of options, and you know, you know they look as though they are going to score goals, and they look pretty pretty solid as well. I, I wouldn't let like it call that game to be honest again. And the poll that I ran today, Aberdeen got a lot more love than than Hearts. They got thirty seven percent, which again was probably higher than I would have thought. Um against, you know, coming up against Celtic, who as you say, whose record in cup competitions is unbelievable over the last few years. But you'd think if Celtic turn up, they should win it. But I, I don't know, I wouldn't have liked that one going all the way to penalties. To it just honest. shows you the level of expectation at Celtic. This is their first real blip they've had in terms of disappointing results. They've now gone two league matches without winning a match. <laughs> and it's crisis talks. I, I actually feel really sorry for Neil Lennon. I think um, a lot of Celtic fans have this invincibility view. They've not had to be there around tough times over the last three or four seasons. But I, I, I do think Celtic will progress to the final. In terms of a betting angle, I'm not going to change from last Sunday. I think in midfield, Aberdeen have got two really combative midfielders, Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory. And I think, again, they are both probably really strong candidates to receive a card. They both got booked at 2-1 to one, um, on Sunday, and I would not be surprised again to see them get booked this weekend. And if Scott Brown starts, I think he might. I think he was rested against um, Aberdeen at the weekend. Was he rested? He can't play every week. It's just not possible for him to play three games a week at the moment, I, w- I, would, I would say. So if he starts, he might be a good looking for a booking as well. Yeah, he certainly picked up his fair share of bookings uh, this season for for one reason or another. Um, so yeah, again another hard one to call. Aberdeen currently eleven to two to win the ninety minutes. David, if you if you fancy that, um, but yeah, I think the the bookings angle might be the way to go, especially after the success that you had last weekend, Greg. Yeah, I, I, I do really like McCrory and Ferguson. 
they've, they've both had a really cracking season so far. And I think with Crowley being ex Rangers as well, there's always that little edge playing against Celtic. And I think Lewis Ferguson's racked up quite a few of his bookings against Celtic as well. It's on a big pitch at Hamden, so Celtic have obviously got some cracking players and they've got a big job in there trying to contain them on the, the big playing surface of Hamden. Yeah. OK, let's have a wee look at the games in the Scottish Premiership this week. We will start off at Dundee United v Ross County and... Um, yeah, again, this should be another interesting one. The Day United off the back of two successive nil-nil draws, just kind of hit the buffers a wee bit um, in terms of their season. They've only scored once in the last four, which is bad, but it's not as bad as Ross County. have only scored one in the last seven uh, Premiership games. So, David, <laughs> <laughs> let me guess what your bet is for this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, did, I did the same kind of research as you, Paul. So, I, I think under two and a half goals at... 1.8. Remember again that I'm a decimal man, so 45 I think yeah. looks appealing here. I know Ross County shipped four last week, but uh, you always tend to find that teams like that that do ship they'll then be extra careful and extra cautious. And this is a game that neither of these teams is going to want to lose. So even if one gets a goal ahead, you can see it being really nervy, nip and tuck. So you know Dundee United uh, under two and a half goals in four of their six games at home, not scored in the last two games, both nil nil. Only scored four and eight, as you say, in Ross County, one goal and seven. Under two and a half goals has landed in five of their six away games. So I'm never a big fan of unders, to be honest. But no. I just think that game screams that it's not going to be goal-leading. Um, in my I'm opinion. just writing down my um, over 3.5 goals in that just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Ross County, looking at their recent form, they've got to be thankful for the good start they had to the season, haven't they? Yeah, yeah and I think I've seen Greg talking a lot about Ross Stewart, how he's been so unlucky, and it does seem that every single week he's having shots off the post, off the bar, hitting people in the line. They don't seem to have a huge amount of luck, but they, they definitely rely so much on him, and when he's not scoring goals, they're going to struggle. And I think, I think it came out today as well, so. isn't it, that he is potentially leaving Ross County at the end of the season, um, which would be a, a massive loss for them. I, I think he's only scored three or four goals this season, but Honestly, every week I see the highlights of Ross County matches, I just can't get my head around how many opportunities or goal-scoring opportunities he gets himself into. He does everything right, and he's just really unlucky. I think he's, he had two headers off the line on Saturday against Motherwell. He had one against you boys, David, at St Mirren. It was a acrobatic... <laughs> Probably the best goal-length you'll ever see, that's right. It was, and I think he's hit the woodwork as well, three or four times. He should probably be on seven or eight goals this season. Um, But, like you say, they're not getting that break in front of goal at the moment. Dundee United, though, I must admit, the last three or four games have been absolutely toothless in attack. They've been really poor. I might be surprised at that with the firepower that they've got. I thought they would have, Shankland and Clark and a few others, I thought they'd have been able to take a step up and be a bit more entertaining, a bit more... Well, less toothless, <laughs> uh, well, more, more ruthless last, in front of goal. Last weekend, and they, they played three up top. So they played Shankland, McNulty, and, yeah. and Clark. And I don't think Xander Clark had a thing to do the whole match. He might have made one save. It was pretty much one-way traffic. It was, they didn't get a single corner. And it was one-way traffic against Aberdeen too. Aberdeen pummeled them for 80 minutes um, two weeks ago. Goalkeeper to thank, really for the two points they've claimed in the last two weeks, is down to, to the goalkeeper. But they're still sitting sixth. 
in the league after again a good start. And like you say, also Ross County are sitting seventh on the fact that they had a terrific start to the season as well. So it's, it's hard to argue with under 2.5 goals here. I'm surprised to see it as big as 45, really, when you look at the stats. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed that this isn't the day that Ross Stewart or Shankland or Clark find their, find their <laughs> shooting boots for the sake of David Stitt. Indeed. OK, next up, we're going to have a look at Livingston v Motherwell. And as you touched on already, David Motherwell roared back after almost a month uh, layoff uh, with a 4-0 win last weekend, which was a terrific result for them. Yeah, it was a good, good result. I mean, Motherwell... You always felt that they were in a little bit of a false position. They've got plenty of good players. Yeah. Um, they score a lot of goals. They've, they're reasonably solid at the back. They've had a few injury problems here and there, but you always felt that they would start motoring. And it does look that way now. I mean, obviously, they had that amazing result at Pataudry. And then they've got the cool stories a wee bit and then and hit another four on Saturday. So they're a good side, good strong side. And as I say, plenty of threat. And Cole, I think, is a good good sign. Tony Watt seems to be playing really well. And I think he's, he's you know, he is a good player. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. In terms of a bet in this one, Greg, what's your thoughts? So at the moment, I think um, Motherwell and I are, what, three wins in the, the last four games. If you take out... They're five-one mauling by Rangers. They're actually in really good shape, and as David said, they're probably in a false position at the start of the season. Uh, they just weren't playing well at all. But last weekend's result at home to those counties a massive boost for them to score four goals. I'm a big fan of Tony Watt. I think he did a really good job for us at St Johnston, um, and he's starting to play well again uh, for Motherwell. So I was kind of disappointed to see him go to Motherwell. Because I thought he'll he'll probably cause teams a lot of, a lot of problems, and that's proven to be the case. Mm-hmm. What I would highlight though is Mother uh, Livingston's home form now. That air of invincibility is probably gone. They've lost this season at home to Hibs. Hamilton beat them there, and I think Kilmarnock, despite a COVID issue, went there and won comfortably three one. So I've got a a double, a bet with a double that I've um, shared on the channel on Monday for this match. Yep, so any members who are on Greg's channel will be able to get access to that. If you're not already a member, then make sure you visit gambler.co.uk to find out how to join. But David, you do have a bet for us on the podcast on this game. Yeah, I, I do. I, I had a look at this and I've noticed that Livingston been hitting a lot of corners in their home games. Um, every home game this season, apart from the one against Rangers, um, they've hit 5-14. Eight, eight, and five. So reasonable chunk of corners. Um, they also concede quite a lot. And Motherwell are another team that get a lot of corners again on the road. Um, they've hit five or more in every game this season, except against Celtic, and which was a respectable three, to be fair, at Parkhead. So they've hit eight, ten, three at Celtic Park, and then five. So I fancy Livingston over four corners and Motherwell over three corners in a bet builder, and that comes in just under evens, one point nine five. Which I think's got a really good chance. Indeed, uh, is that bet three six five? That's bet three six five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. A man after my own heart, David. A yeah, man well, after my own heart. You know I like what? the look of that. I had a bet on uh, on uh, the Celtic Aberdeen game on Sunday, and it was involved cards and corners, and cards sailed in early, and I was waiting on one corner with ten minutes to go, and Ryan Christie clearly headed the ball out, and I was <laughs> celebrating, and Willie Collum gave a goal kick, and of course then there's not another corner in the match, and I'm sitting there spewing, saying I'll never bet, I'll never bet on corners again, but I'm, I'm a stickler, I do like a corner bet, I must admit. Yeah, 
I don't think the corners are the problem. I think Willie Collum is a problem. <laughs> well, oh yeah, he, he has a problem. He has a problem generally. <laughs> okay, so a wee corners bet in the, the Levy v Motherwell game for you then, David. Um, and the last game, the Premiership uh, at the weekend, is Rangers visit to Kilmarnock. And Rangers have just been relentless this season. And with Celtic playing in the Scottish Cup, they have a chance to go nine points clear at the top, which would be massive for them. Um, albeit Celtic have a game in hand. Having said that, Kelly, I've got a fairly decent record for Rangers, especially at Rugby Park. Um, they've won three of the last five. Kilmarnock, 11-1, to is that too big? Is there value there? I don't think... Um, I think Kilmarnock will give them a good game. I think Rangers are obviously playing again in Europe on Thursday night. And I think we mentioned last weekend not to expect Rangers to hammer Livingston last weekend on Sunday, and they didn't. They, they won 2-0 quite comfortably. Um, I think this could be a, a very similar score scoreline. I think Rangers really do enjoy a, a comfortable 2-0 win. Do, is that last, three in a row, four in a row? I think four of the last five have been 2-0 possibly. Um, obviously, they're not considering many goals. Ten clean sheets now in 12 league games is p- p- pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I just don't think Kilmarnock have got enough quality in attack to, to really trouble Rangers. But as you mentioned... Kilmarnock have got a decent record against um, Rangers. I think, um, like you say, they've beaten... I think Rangers have only won once in their last five trips there. And I think in the last 16 games at, in all competition, I think Rangers have only won seven of the last 16. Mm-hmm. So there have been five defeats for Rangers there and four draws. But that said, I think the way they're playing at the moment, they're full of confidence. And as you mentioned, that psychological ability to go nine points clear is absolutely huge and I don't see them slipping up here I think there's a real swagger about them at the moment really difficult to beat and they'll be full of confidence, they're doing well in Europe they're top of the league, they're beating Celtic I think this will be a routine 2-0 win You you mentioned Rangers tremendous uh, clean sheet record and defensive record so far this season, Rangers are 1-4 to to win on Sunday but they're 5-6 to to win 2-0 and keep yet another clean sheet do you know what? It's just not a market. I can, I can just can't do it. I can't do it. Does, they can, they can go a hundred games without conceding a goal. I probably still couldn't back the win to no market. <laughs> we did do, we did a couple of weeks ago and it came in. I mean, it's not a market. We did. I like particularly, it was, but, um, Johnson, was it? It was indeed. Yeah, which to be fair, relied on yeah, a couple absolutely. of late goals from, from Celtic. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just flagging it up. I'm not putting out there as a tip. I'm just flagging it up the disparity in price almost, you know, for Rangers. I think it's a tough to game win. for them, though. It's a really tough game. Kamarnik have been playing well. They, they lost narrowly to Hibs last week. But after a kind of sticky start, Alec Dyer's got them playing pretty well. They're winning matches. Um, and they look at the moment, probably quite a good bet for top six. And incidentally, that top six battle now, obviously, you've got Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, as expected. You've then got, I think, seven points separating the remaining eight teams. Yeah. So there's two places up for grabs. And you'd have to see at the moment, probably Kilmarnock and Motherwell, possibly St Johnston, if they can start putting some of their chances away. Look like the three sides that will probably battle out for those two remaining places. 
Sorry, Greg, David, I don't, I don't think can it's I, can be, I stop be there. you there, Greg? Uh, because I've got the league table in front of me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if we're one or two games in hand, we would actually go six. So um, let's not be ruling out the, the Paisley <laughs> Thank you very much. Have you, have you heard the phrase about your auntie and your uncle, David? <laughs> 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 The only games against Motherwell and Hamilton are very winnable games. So very it's winnable not really indeed. Like okay. I like your optimism. I like that. Yes. Uh, so, uh, any thoughts on that one, David Kelly v Rangers? Uh, do you know, I, I just pretty much what Greg said. Uh, you can see Rangers winning it, but I don't see them winning it by too many. Uh, they've got such a huge squad as well, though. So even though they're playing tomorrow night, you can, you know, they rotate that squad and then they bring in players. That you, you think, oh, I forgot he had him, and yeah. you know, like Jordan Jones when he came came into the squad at Fir Park and ran riot. You know, it's they've got so many players, and they all seem to be playing really well. Everybody knows their job, well drilled, great momentum. At the moment, you wouldn't back against Rangers. Uh, I forgot about uh, Defoe. I totally forgot. Yeah, about that's him. it. You know, it's, and what a goal that was! Just unbelievable technique. Uh, I think a popular bet maybe Tavernier to score a penalty. I think he's on obviously free kicks and penalties at the moment. Um, I know some of the guys do like the player prop bets for players to have two shots on target or a shot on target. He's probably quite a good shout for that on Sunday, I'd say. Yep. Okay, so a few options there in that one. I think we've probably laboured enough on the Premiership at the moment and we'll dip into the lower leagues um, and pick out some games that we're interested in this one. Um, First one we're going to have a look at is Dundee v Wraith and this should be quite an interesting game. I think think Hearts probably look best equipped to win the league but Dundee and Wraith may be scrapping it out for the places below them. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the look of this game. I think um, Wraith have started the season on fire. Sometimes you get that with a team that's just been promoted and riding the crest of a wave. But they're opening four games, including the League Cup. They've scored 3-4-3 three, three, uh, and 7. Sorry, there's been 3-4-3 three, three and 7 goals in their games. Both teams have scored three of them. So they seem to be playing a really open brand of football. Scored five goals away at Dumfries on Saturday, which is no mean feat. Um and I, I kind of see this game being a little bit like Dundee's game at Tynecastle. I think it should be a little bit more open. So I fancy definitely both teams to score on this one because Dundee have got a reasonable amount of firepower uh, as well. And I think they'll enjoy playing against a team that's attacking them uh, rather than obviously the weekend when Morton probably sat in a bit more. But by all accounts, we're really unlucky to lose as well. I think as well, this game was in my radar for over 2.5 goals. I think at the moment, um, Manny Duku is the standout player that you can read about quite a lot through different Twitter accounts. Um, he's come up from England in the lower leagues, a Dutch player, and I think he's got four goals so far this season. I think he got two last weekend at Queen of the South, and from what I've read and heard so far, he looks like a real handful. So I think he'll lead the line for Wraith on, on Saturday. and I think both teams' scores are a really good shout. I think with Wraith coming up, They've got Duke scoring goals there. They can definitely cause Dundee problems. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how well Wraith do, given that they've come up from from League One. Um, certainly started the season well enough, and I think as you say, David, they should they should go to Dens Park and produce a fairly open game. I would have thought, given how they started the season, um, and I think like you, I think Dundee have got goals in, in them as well, so definitely a goals-based bet looks the way to go in this one. Um, but it's both teams to score for you. 
Yeah, both teams just go. Bet three six five is one point eight three. I'll leave you to work out the fractions on that one. <laughs> five to six. Yeah, so, yeah, it looks a decent shout to me. Thanks, Greg. You saved me there. Five to six. <laughs> uh, okay, and another one that we want you to have a look at is uh, Dunfermline, who have started the season very impressively so far. Um, they're at home to Queen of the South, and I think I think it was yourself, David. I seen on Twitter saying that for whatever reason, every season Dunfermline seem to start like a train. Yeah, I did post that and then uh, I tweeted that, sorry, and then I instantly got to the fans reminding me that they lost the first five games last season. But oh, uh, apart <laughs> from that, they, they, they do generally, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that they generally start seasons well. And, and they, they, again, another team that's scoring goals all over the place at the moment, which um, which must be great, you know, because they've, they've had a difficult couple of seasons in that league and um, they'll be hoping to, to mount some sort of challenge. I think they recruited pretty well in the summer, so got a reasonable squad there. Yeah, and Queen of the South, they've had a fairly <sighs> disastrous start to the season, really, haven't they? Um, winless in five, other than a, a penalty kick win, penalty shootout win over Morton. Uh, things not going very well for them so far. No, I don't think anyone's seen that coming, did they? I think we're not, with Queen of the South, I think most people probably thought Queen of the South will struggle this season. I think they were very light in numbers. I think they got rid of most of their squads and they lost a lot of players. And I think um, Alan Johnson was scrambling about trying to get some boys signed up um, really late before the season started. Yeah, d- definitely, and 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 Dobby can't rescue them forever. You know, he's he still scores goals. He's still a very very good player, but I, f- I think they have relied too much on him over the last few seasons. Um, I watched their game actually the ninety minutes of the League Cup game against Man, and they actually played all right. But once they they lost a goal early on, they fell apart a bit, and you know we came from two 0 down to get a deserved draw. Um, so they they ship goals far too easily. I don't fancy their goalkeeper either. Um. So yeah, I think um, I think the Fairman to score some goals on Saturday looks nailed on to me. Okay, so your bet then is is it Dunfermline one and over one and a half goals yeah, just or just in straight? Just in over one and a half team goals at one point eight, so forty five again in that one. Um, I think Queens with Dobby there, they're always likely to get a goal here and there. So I think you know I'm sure Greg will maybe come on to that. But um, so that's why I'm I'm, I'm avoiding that Dunfermline win. I don't want to be the kiss of death to their uh, good start to the season. Yep, and uh, Kevin O'Hara looks like when he watched he started the season well for Dunfermline, having picked him up from Aloha last season. They have, and he's gone there last weekend and scored a hat trick against them. <laughs> as you do. So, so I think um, as Dave has called out. Queen of the South relies so heavily on Stephen Doby. He's 38 soon. He's older than me. <laughs> um, I think at the moment, if Queen's want to win matches, he, he's going to have to score two goals a game. Because defensively, and especially between the goalkeeper and the centre-halves, they look really weak. I've seen quite a few comment now on how weak they look defensively, Queen of the South. And they're playing at their firm side who've won five games in a row, so they've won all five games this season they beat Inverness home 3-1, now Inverness you'd expect to be challenging up there for the playoffs they've then gone to Aloha last weekend and scored four now, I don't think Aloha lose many games at home 4-1, I think it's a really difficult place to go, it's a tight pitch it's a plastic pitch and it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit but I think they have recruited really well Don Fernland, and I never really took note of this probably until last week that they've got Declan McManus who I think scored 19 goals for Falkirk last season. 
They brought in Ryan Dow, who seems to have been about everywhere, Ryan Dow. He's never really got himself settled at a club um, over the last three or four seasons. And they've got, as you say, Kevin O'Hara from from Aloha. So plenty of attacking options. Um, I think it looks like the board have backed Stevie Crawford there. I think in terms of recruitment-wise, possibly through the money through Kevin Nisbet being sold to Hibs. Yeah. Might have helped. But I think David's selection of Dunfermline to score two is a great shout at four to five. But I think with Stephen Dobby being that side for Queen's, they have scored in four of their last five games, Queen of the South. And I think they could nick a goal here. And if they do, I think that should deliver over 2.5 goals and that pays 10 to 11 um, with William Hill. OK, so a couple of options there. For David, it's over over one and a half goals for Dunfermline at four to five. And for Greg, it's over two and a half goals in the match. Uh, and that's 10 to 11 at William Hill. We'll take a 2-1 Dunfermline win. That'll do nicely. That'll do, yep. <laughs> OK, moving on to League One. Uh, Greg, you just wanted to have a very brief chat about Clyde v Peterhead. Clyde's definitely a team on our radar this season. Um, they are particularly short this weekend, but uh, we're always going to flag up David Goodwill. He's been too good uh, for, for this division. And I think you've been in touch with a Clyde fan or two who have kind of more or less backed up your views on them this season. Yeah, I spoke to um, one of the guys from the channel, David. His um, uncle was actually the legendary Alan Moore, excellent Johnson hero. Um, he's the assistant manager to Danny Lennon at Clyde. And again, I think this season Clyde looked to have recruited really well. They've, they've not lost many first-team players from last season. And like you say, they've managed to retain uh, David Goodwillie, who's probably... The best striker in that league, probably, um, and has been for <coughs> Mitch Megginson. <coughs> Mitch Megginson. Well, we'll see how the end of the season <laughs> pans out, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely some good strikers in that league. Um, Peterhead, I think, as David's probably alluded to today, they've actually um, had to make redundant 29 other staff redundant just based on what's going on um, in the in the universe with, with COVID. Yeah. No no money coming through gate receipts on a Saturday um, Jim McAnally now it's quiz time for you David how many days now has that been since Jim McAnally took over at Peterhead oh, oh man I tweeted this out the other you day you did tweet I? it and I've even was... made it to, to Saturday so come Saturday he will be in charge for how many days <laughs> come Saturday I don't know it's 7,000 uh, no no that's not right 7 years 9 years Oh, Nine God, years, yeah. Three, three thousand three hundred and twelve. My goodness, that's what it is. Three thousand. Oh, well done. <laughs> By the way, just to let everyone know, this was not pre pre planned. I'm, I'm really, that in there really, really quick. I'm in really quick at opening my spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that must be some kind of record. I think uh, it is anyway, in terms of the last what years. Yeah, just over nine years he's been in charge, and uh, the next nearest is actually Derek McInnes, uh, seven and a half years, yeah, which is quite incredible considering I did see somebody else replying to my tweet saying it's amazing that McInnes is the second longest serving considering Aberdeen fans want him sacked every flipping few weeks, you know. Every four weeks it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to point, Jim McAnally has been in charge there for nine years. He came out again this week saying that, given the fact he's got a bit of an injury crisis, and he's not got a big squad. He lost Rory McAllister last 
season to to Cove, he's maybe having to raid the Highland League for some loan players. That's what it's come to. So I think Peterhead are in for a long, long slog of a season, Peterhead. And I'd be amazed if they were managed to escape um, the, the bottom two places. Um, I shared this bet on Monday with members. And it was shared on Monday for a reason. We got best price on Monday. That price is no longer there. They're still backable, I think. But um, I guess to get this one, you'll need to be part of the channel uh, to get that tip. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we probably can guess what general direction you're heading <laughs> with the tip. Um but yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for Peter Head. Really, really sad to hear about the the job losses there. I think Dundee United followed suit today as well, David. I seen on your timeline as well. So tough times ahead for a lot of these clubs. Yeah, I think I think a lot of clubs were banking on having some fans back in the games by now. And obviously, yeah. not only is that not happened, I think they're looking further ahead and and not really seeing where it's going to happen I think the very north of the country maybe will be the first to have that chance but there's not exactly much good news kind of even in kind of Fife and the central belt certainly so um, yeah it's, it's not looking great I've got to be honest but um, hopefully, hopefully just, to give David a, kinda... just to give David a, a plug as well so in terms of obviously your Pie and Bovril um, Twitter account David I think if anyone's not following that account and they absolutely should I think most people who follow Scottish football probably do anyway but in terms of any breaking news regarding any, any level of Scottish football from the Premiership right down to probably the lower leagues there's some cracking insight and updates um, that David provides on a daily basis so definitely yeah. give him a follow Absolutely yeah, That's very kind of you to say so Greg <laughs> okay, enough of that nonsense. Um, another game in the League One that we just kind of wanted to touch on is a fairly intriguing one at Cove v Partick. And I was kind of trying to do the maths here, but I reckon just a couple of years ago there was four divisions separating these clubs, and now they meet on Saturday in Scottish League One. And Cove are favourites, uh, seventeen to twenty to win. Yeah, it's great to see him uh, Partick this at the level now. The oh, level. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think um, I, I spoke to you um, on Sunday. I think about this one. Uh, Partick Thistle being 12 to five or 13 to five in League One away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the, you wouldn't Shouldn't expect Partick Thistle no. to be this big, no. but I can understand why. I think Cove's home form, obviously last season, was outstanding. They picked up, I think. 95% of the points available they, they picked up at home in terms of their win rate last season. They started this season really well. They got another win last weekend at home to Peterhead. Obviously, Mitch Meganson's there scoring goals. They've got Rory McAllister on the bench. They've strengthened this season. I just feel, though, that I couldn't back Cove in this match at 17-20. to 20. Absolutely not. Um, that said... <laughs> It's probably difficult to back Partick Thistle, given their start to the season. Yeah. However, speaking to Partick Thistle fans, so those on Twitter might be aware of Manpreet, who's the Partick Thistle Twitter mafia. Um, I spoke to him this morning, just in regards to this match, because I think we both agree that Thistle are quite a, a big, big price at 12-5. Providing they can get McKenna and Snedden back in the side in defence, and I think going forward, they've got Blair Spittle. And Brian Graham, who performed really well last weekend, I would not be surprised at all to see if this all get a result here. Um, I'm probably going to leave it alone 
because if I back Thistle and they lose, I'll be really angry. <laughs> <laughs> Just the previous experience of betting on Patrick Thistle. But I, I probably couldn't back Cove at 17-20. to 20. I think that's extremely short. Thistle do have a good side. Um, and if they get a decent starting 11 there on Saturday, um, I would not be surprised to see Thistle um, get, get a victory here. Any thoughts on that one, David? Yeah, I, I must admit, I watched Patrick Thistle uh, against Murn in the League Cup uh, at our place. And Thistle, although we won 4-1, it was one of those really strange games because if we had lost that game, you wouldn't have argued. You know, Thistle battered us for long spells in the game and just kind of fell away really late on. So I was surprised when they lost to Clyde. Um, and then obviously they went a goal down last week at home to Airdrie and you start thinking, well, hang on a minute. But yeah. came back, you know, likes of Brian Graham's going to score goals in that league. He's a good uh, good striker at that level. They've got quite a lot of decent players. Uh, it's not a game I'd be touching, but as you just look there, you know, Cove, the last time Cove failed to score two goals at home in a league game was almost a year ago, 9th of November last year. So, albeit that was obviously playing at a level below, but there's another team that's kind of come up, and I always think, as I said before, a team coming up, riding the crest of a wave, and they just look a, a tidy outfit. I watched their game against Hibs in the League Cup, and I thought they, they more than held their own against a strong Hibs side. So, there definitely is some good players in that Cove side. Yeah, and it maybe gives a good indicator as to where things are going to be. Uh, end up at the end of the season I suppose because these are two teams who have definitely got designs on coming straight back up or coming up I think um, in terms of League One at the moment obviously the money's with Partick Thistle and Falkirk and I think for me there's probably three sides competing for the playoffs Cove obviously being one of them I think Airdrie have recruited well this season and should be there, there or thereabouts and Clyde on the other side I would say who look a good shout to make the playoffs too. Um, I think you just said this is probably a great market to understand how competitive Cove are going to be. They've probably had quite, not an easy start, but I think this is obviously the biggest test so far in, in League One. And it's probably quite a fascinating game, actually. I'm quite looking forward yeah. to seeing how this game pans out. Yeah. Before we leave League One, do we want to talk about Falkirk at all? 11-20 to 20 to win at home to East Fife. I'm kind of done with them after last weekend, to be honest. End of the day, that doesn't happen, then they go on them in the match. I think it's a freak thing that's happened. Um, the goalkeeper will learn from that. I think um, they're 11-20 to 20 to win the match. You're, you're probably getting what the same odds as you got last week yeah. on Falkirk to win the game and yeah. score two. So I'd be keen to probably <laughs> give them another chance and add them to your accumulator. Yeah, East Fife are a funny team. They, they, they seem to score goals, but they also seem to let goals in. So, you know, that would be my only angle in that game, but I certainly won't be touching it because Falkirk burst uh, the P&B line last week as well. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're on the, they're on the, bad books. They're on the C list, as we like to say <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I see they've added Sean Kelly today. Is that a good move for them? Yeah, like Sean, when he broke into the Murn team, uh, left back, he was very, very young, but he was he was literally promising, and I expected quite big things from him. He came in the side at the same time as Jason Naismith, and obviously they ended up both being at Ross County. Um, really dependable lad, um, never goes goes high. I'd say a, a really good, solid signing for that for that level. Um, so I'm sure he'll shore up Falkirk's defence, which uh, going by there fans reaction on Twitter this afternoon um, they don't seem to be very keen on uh, their defence for whatever reason at the moment Do you know if he's any good in goals? we might find out at some point this season Um, Okay, so let's very quickly move on to League 2 and wrap things up a wee bit Um, some news out of Breakin this week that Mark Wilson has 
finally um, being given the sack. Uh, no surprise there, really. I'm surprised it's taken so long. No wins uh, in 16. I think it's December since breaking last one a match. And ordinarily, I would have been really keen on Albion Rovers at 5-6 to six at home to break in this weekend. But with that news, uh, I'm a wee bit more reluctant to get involved in it. Um, just How in case... often do you see a team let their manager go and they get a positive result in the next game? Yeah, that's what worries me. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, obviously, we don't, we don't want to see anybody lose their job, especially in today's climate. But I think um, Mark Wilson had been in charge at Breakin for 13 months. I think he was there long enough to kind of stamp his authority over the side. I know it's a difficult job in that league, but I think the start they've had to this season, I think they're probably right in trying to make that move now and try and get somebody else in. Um, just to try and keep them up, because they do look as if they're going to really struggle in League 2 this season. There's a lot of good teams in League 2. Um, I think they could get quite a few hidings, so I think they're probably right to try and change things up now. Oh yeah, I mean you 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 feel sorry for Beacon City fans. I mean they've gone from the Championship and they yeah. should probably be in the Highland League by now. You know, yeah. in successive seasons, it's been unbelievable the the fall of that club. Um, so it's a it's a shame because I've probably been staying at my visit. I'm sure everybody enjoys going there. The soup yep. is the best in the SPFL by <laughs> some different. Um, so there'll be a big loss if they go down. So as I think. I think that second was unfortunately inevitable when you're losing that many goals every single week. And I think it's hard for Mark Wilson as well, given the job that he does on the radio. I don't think that probably helps him in a way. He's on the radio every night speaking about managers and clubs and he's at a club that's really toiling. Yeah, yeah. It's always seemed a bit of a strange one. Um, the other game that I'm quite keen to see how it pans out is uh, Elgin City's visit to Edinburgh um, on Saturday. Uh Edinburgh favourites at twenty-one to twenty, but I don't think there's much between these two sides. No, I don't anyway. I think um, Gavin Price has done a terrific job at Elgin. Uh, I think he's been in charge there for a good couple of seasons now since Jim Muir went to to Forfar. Um, Elgin's away form is actually pretty good. I'm pretty sure they performed really well on the road last season. Elgin, I think quite a lot of their players are actually based in the central belt as well. So although it is a long distance journey from Elgin to Edinburgh City. I'm pretty sure quite a lot of their players live um, kind of in the central belt anyway. It's not a match I'll be touching. I think it's a game here in which no scoring will surprise you. So I'm going to be really boring and just sit in the fence here and probably say it's going to end up a draw. Any thoughts, David? Yeah, yeah, not one for me. And again, just to highlight how unlucky I am, Edinburgh say I backed them last week as well. Home to County Beast, and they played against ten men for an hour and still managed to lose. So um, honestly, you couldn't make it up. I actually fancy Elgin. I think Elgin might win this. I think Elgin are looking really good. I think when they went to Montrose, uh, it was a hard place to go. A league above them and beat them two nothing League Cup. You know they've beaten Stranraer four one away from home. Thrashed out of breaking, beat Stirling. They're in really good form, so I wouldn't rule them out of getting something there. But again, like uh, like they won't be touching it. Yeah, I would agree. I think based on forum, then I think the ninety four available, but Elgin City looks looks pretty decent. But um, yeah, still a tough one to call. Before we finish up on uh, League Two, I'm going to obviously save the best to last and go with my tip for the day, which is Queen's Park, who are away to Strindrar at the weekend. And the one thing that's kind of really swinging things for me, I think we've, Greg, you and I have talked about Queen's Park and the expectations. And I think um, even David yourself, when we had you on 
a podcast earlier in the season we were speaking about the investment that Queen's Park had made since turning professional and definitely shown a fair level of ambition um, to get out of, of League Two. Um, they've had a, a reasonable start to the season, but I think, remind me what price they went off at on Saturday, Greg? So they're 4-11 they got backed into on Saturday, which obviously I felt, and I think we spoke in last week's podcast, that 4-11 for the second game of the season, first home game of the season, was just ridiculous. Obviously, we, we knew they'd probably go on and win the match, but I don't think they made easy work of it. I think it finished 2 0, I think, against Alvin yeah. Rose. Yeah. So, a professional performance, but I think um, stark contrast to this weekend, and obviously I can totally appreciate why you think Queen's Park could be a good shout for Saturday. Well, I think it's a value bet. They were 5 to 4, but they're now actually drifting, which I was going to ask if any of you had any idea why. They're now 29 to 20 against the Astrid side, who haven't won this calendar year. Um, I think it's 13 matches, albeit they did win. Uh, a penalty shootout Vianen. Um and you have to go back I think you have to go back almost a year to November the 2nd for their last league win Strunra so given where we think Queen's Park might be at the end of the season I just think that 29-20 to 20 for them to win on Saturday just looks too big a price to refuse No I agree with that and I think as well if you look at Queen's Park's opening game of the season away to Stirling Albion they got back into 8-13 to 13. Mm-hmm which again was at a ridiculously short price, and they do that game nil-nil. So we're now at the other end of the spectrum, where they actually look a really big price. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, Stranraer for a horrible time over the last 12 months. I think I'd be really keen to see, though, what the Queen's Park lineup is for the weekend. I think Simon Murray's still to come back into the fold. Yeah. I, I don't know if he played it last weekend or not. I need to check. But I think they've got a couple of their main players still to come back. If they're back playing this weekend, then potentially. But I think you're absolutely right. It's definitely a value bet, this one. Yeah, David. I would agree with that. I think that looks, looks like a good shout to me. Um, so now, as you say, almost a year at home without a win. Um, and Queen's Park do have good good players that I expected them to, to win that league uh, this season. But I, I was a little bit surprised by some of the early season form, albeit that was in the League Cup playing teams and leagues above, um, they've not lost a goal in the league yet, so you'd fancy them to have too much for Sonar this weekend, definitely. Yep, well I'm going to stick my neck on the line and take Queen's Park just for the straight win, and that's 29-20 currently at Bet365. Okay, I think that's has covered plenty for this weekend. Can you guys just give us a wee recap of your bets for the weekend? Um, start with yourself, David. Okay, yeah, uh, so Livingston v Motherwell is a bet builder on Bet365 and that's over four corners for Livingston, over three corners for Motherwell, uh, it's at 1.95. Uh, Dunfermline over 1.5 team goals, what, uh, 1.8 in the Championship and also in the Championship, Dundee v Wraith, both teams to score 1.83 and as a I never like tipping unders, but I'm going to do it anyway. Dundee United v Ross County in the Premiership, under two and a half goals, 1.8. And for myself, I've got over 2.5 match goals at Dunfermline v Queen of the South, and that pays 10 to 11 with William Hill. And I'll also be looking at uh, Ross McCrory and Lewis Ferguson bookings against Aberdeen on Sunday in the Scottish Cup semi. Um, Still waiting on prices for that to come out. And in terms of the channel... I've got a bet from the Livingston Motherwell match, and the nap comes from the Clyde v Peterhead game. Uh, both those bets were shared on Monday on the private channel. 
Okay, and I am going to go with Queen's Park to win at Stranraer at 29-20 with Bet365. Okay, so that's us for this edition of the podcast. Don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg. <clears throat> and if you want more tips like the ones that he shared with us on the podcast tonight, then you can join his Telegram channel where he posts his best bets every day. Just visit gambler.co.uk for details on how to sign up. You can also follow David on Twitter at Pie and Bov, and if you've more than a past interest in Scottish football, then you should definitely check out pieandbovro.com and join the community there, uh, which is without doubt the best site for Scottish football on the internet. Um, I'm sure you'll agree, David. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> okay, great stuff. Thanks very much for joining me tonight, guys. Best of luck with your bets this weekend, and good luck to all our listeners. Thanks yeah, thank much. you. Good luck. Cheers.